0: Bridgebank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to
1: providing financial solutions to those committed to leveraging innovation to make the world a better place. Bridgebank, a division of Western Alliance Bank, Bridgebank. Be Bold, venture wisely.
0: Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's hey podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mindshift, Right Nowish and more all tell the stories of the bay and beyond
2: From KQED. Mic check, check one, check two. Are we here? Alright, we're here right now. Hey hey, what's up, y'all? It's Pendarvis Harshaw, and you are tuned in to Right Now. Fresh to a bus, time to
0: hit that road. Can't take the world if you're sitting at home. Get
2: it It's been five years since the Jacka Was murdered. Uh blow to me as I'm a fan of his music and the way he represented his culture and his beliefs. It also was a hard hit to many in the Bay Area, the rap music world, and to his family. He had roots in Pittsburgh, California, but his music and message spread around the globe. He toured everywhere, from California's Central Valley to East Africa, where his lyrics about being Muslim resonated with the Islamic community.
0: Trying to lead a game, but it's calling my name Rainbow fish, scale coke, fill it's all I know Islam, help me let it go When times get hard, it's the game that I'm running to Many niggas die from the D that I'm running through What would the profit do? So
2: and his manager, PK, was right there for the ride.
1: They'd know me out here for being in the music business. You know, uh, mostly I'm known for working with The Jacka, being a big part of uh, his success and his career. The last time I saw PK and The Jacka was in 2014.
2: They were filming a music video outside of Oasis Market on Telegraph in
0: Oakland.
2: In between takes, The Jack told me about these Halal Rice Krispie treats that they sell there. So yeah. Now that it's been five years since The Jack's passing, it's time to chop it up with PK. Talk about The Jack's unreleased music, and also how PK is still managing artists who rap about Bay Area life.
0: I'll take it on the chin. Lee lost the case. He won't come home again. I'll never forget. You
1: always be the nigg. Guys... Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.
2: Hey, what's up? I'm Pindarvis Harshaw, the host of KQED's Right Nowish podcast. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy, and you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So, if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org/podcast. That's donate.kqed.org/podcast.
0: P.K. manages a few
2: artists, including Filthy Rich, who raps candidly about his lifestyle in East
0: Oakland.
2: As well as San Francisco's Prezi, whose lyrics paint a picture of life in Hunter's Point.
0: Touch us down, I wasn't doing for no field go. Too much on the line, cause me and my daughter real close. I knew better. Who thinks they fucking with me? Have my homies brothers with me, shit ain't nothing to me.
2: And producer tracks A million, who works to put the South Bay on the map.
0: Hey! Tracks, nigga, this slap, cow, you know we fuck with it. The hood, the hood.
2: But it was through managing the Jacka that P.K. got his foot in the door in the industry. What's the backstory of meeting a Jacka and like how'd you all get started working together?
1: I met Jack when I was in high school. We have a common friend named Tron. A lot of times Jack would go stay... At Tron's house and hang out and have fun over there or whatever. That's where we met. And Jack, he actually used to cut hair. And he was good at it. Yeah? And he was really talented. He was a talented artist, you know, whether it was drawing, different things. He was talented. He used to cut my hair. I used to go over there, and that's kind of like how we would stay in touch. Or you'd go over there on the weekend, and, man, the whole neighborhood, you see like 20 people sitting in the garage lined up for haircuts. (laughs) So
2: Jack of the barber.
1: Yeah, he was dope. (laughs) That's pretty cool. I mean, honestly, even when I was in college, I would come home like, man, please let me get a haircut. So we were always supportive, and Jack was just my friend. I thought he was cool. He was a cool dude. And then, you know, uh, like halfway through when I was in school, or even before that, they got signed. Maybe in like ninety-eight. I graduated in ninety-seven, and this the album with SIBO, C-Bow, SIBO's Mob Figures came out in
0: ninety-nine. And I can tell the mob, every job is a promise I can't break. The fast lane.
1: Yeah, like so much cash, cash. They didn't really have a business person that was like really locking it down and figuring it out. So in my head, I'm like, yo, I could, I could do that. What was it like touring
2: with the Jack, in particular, going to East Africa?
1: It was great. It was kind of like the same everywhere we went. It didn't matter what city we were in, we were around the same person. First of all, the scene was pretty solid and you could trust, trustworthy. We were around people um, from the streets people who had a good conscience about themselves though. Often we were around somebody who was Muslim, always around people who smoked a lot of weed.
2: That paints a hell of a picture in my head, man. Like you're going from spot to spot and you find somebody who's Muslim, a weed smoker from the streets, but has a conscience about themselves. And that doesn't matter if you're in Central Valley,
1: California, Philly, or Absolutely. the continent. That's Absolutely. pretty tight. Mm-hmm. And in some, the power of music. The power of music, yeah. yeah. And Djibouti was, honestly, it was one of the best experiences of our lives. They have a um, thing called the Horn Music Festival. The Horn is that area of Africa over there that's shaped like that. And it's like um, they have a music festival every year. Right there with all the countries right there, they come together for a couple of days and have performances and they're like, we want you guys to be a part of it.
2: Oh, damn.
1: It's like everybody was sitting down in the crowd and dressed up, lots of like grown people and government people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we performed. <laughs> wait, and it was on wait. TV.
2: Hold on, wait. The Jack and Freeway Freeway Mm -hmm. performed in front of
1: like the African, (laughs) I don't know what you call them, you know? Unitaries. Yeah.
2: Oh, man. Yeah, it was crazy. The places Bay culture can take you, right? Like yeah, hip It was hip on hip TV culture, out there, right?
1: you know? Because we seen some girls over there and everything. And afterward, like, we seen you on TV. It was big. I guess it was big, you know? So Damn. it was a great experience. Especially with Jack, like... Djibouti is a like 95% Muslim country. Mm-hmm. So it was a great experience for us. We went to Juma out there. You know, we went and made prayer out there. One of Freeway's brothers that came with him, um, Peanut, he took a Shahada out there. If oh. you don't know what that is, that's like a, for a Christian, it's kind of like being baptized. It was something for our spirit that just somehow, you know, we, we got blessed through music. So. I
2: love that. Like that's. Where it's about art, but it's never just about art. There's more to it—a spiritual experience. Of yeah, some
1: I mean that—that's a part of the music that I loved, and you know, it's a part of music of music that you love. It's like you—I'm not just listening to this song that got on the radio and going to the club, turning up and dancing. Like I'm getting something out of this music. It's touching my spirit. It's touching my soul. I know that these songs are touching other people. That's—that's that's huge. There's nothing you can't really duplicate that, or, you know, or replace that. And to this day, you uh,
2: you do shows constantly, constantly on the move. Like five mm-hmm. years after the Jack's passing,
1: like what is it like doing shows now? This is my job, you know. And I've been doing this so long, even with him. Like people from here would be surprised how many people in other places are tuned into our movements. Yeah, you know, when you go to Ohio, um, Cleveland. Cleveland's a major city. Akron is forty-five minutes outside of Cleveland. Akron is fully tuned in. Yeah. You know, Akron, Canton, Youngstown, those are all places. They love the Bay. So you're hitting these like smaller targets, if you will, right? The B market's right outside of the A market. Yeah, and they're always in on it.
2: That speaks volumes. And then that's the power of an independent artist, and in, and and having the ability to have their own message and have their own following. Mm-hmm. When um, when you talk about hitting this like B market or like these smaller venues, it makes me think of um, the old tales of like artists in the '60s and '70s who would hit what was called the Chitlin Circuit. Mm-hmm. You familiar with that term? Do you think mm-hmm. it's comparable? Absolutely.
1: Yeah, it's what it is in a sense. The Chitlin Circuit is a place where our people are, yeah. and you can go through, and every hundred miles, you can stop, and you'll be in another place where you could bring out another thousand or two thousand people.
2: So, Chillin' Circuit, a string of venues all throughout the South where artists would play because they couldn't play at the larger venues, right?
1: Yeah, and wouldn't necessarily always call them a larger venues, but just certain even cities mm-hmm. and things like that. You know, like they want it. You know, hip hop is the number one music in the world. Everybody is doing it, everybody likes it, everybody's listening to it. Your mama, she knows it. It's just different, you know?
2: My mama do no hip hop.
1: Yeah, it's just different, you <laughs> know?
2: <Your> but grand... <laughs> but, like, but you're, some of the artists that you manage, like Filthy, I've read he had just like an unofficial moratorium of Filthy performing in Oakland.
1: Oh, yeah. They don't want it. Why, police don't want it.
2: Why, why can't Filthy perform in Oakland? And what, what does Prezi face in San Francisco?
1: Oh, filthy in Oakland, uh, it's issues with the police. The police don't want to see it happen. I don't think that they like him and what he represents. It's not like he's had an event and it got shot up. They just think that it will or something, or somebody he has is gonna bring something or do something. And I don't know, you know, they just, they maybe they just wanna avoid it. You know, like uh, I've mentioned to somebody, like they're worried about guns or people. I said, just put a metal detector there. A metal detector in front of the club? Oh, I'd rather close my club than do that. Okay. I would have a metal
2: detector in front of a club, like, they were like,
1: Oh, how scary. We have to have a metal detector? Like what kind of event am I doing? Like, I'd rather just not even be in the business if that's what it is. Like how sc-? you know, I've I've heard that.
2: Are you not paying attention to the news and mass shootings and like they happen at non hip hop events all the time?
1: I get it. You know, it's like I go to the club in Atlanta, it's a thousand, 2000 black people, we all walk through a thing, we go all have a great time, we all go home safely at the end of the night, like if that's working in other places, follow the format. But yeah. it's like, they're just not interested. You know, they'd much rather just say, we're not going to have hip-hop events here. Yeah. It's tough.
2: While PK is busy working with other artists, he's also
1: still carrying on the Jack's legacy, including an upcoming album of unreleased music. It's done, it's mixed, it's mastered, it sounds great, it has some great features on there. I wanted it to be like as close to as what Jack would make it as I possibly could. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I'm working on limited things because it's like he might have did this, but he didn't do that before he left. Yeah. So I can't like make him re-record, but based on what he left me, just trying to make something as true to what he would have done as possible. So not switching up beats, not putting people on records that he wouldn't have put on them or that he never knew or he never met, not trying to like make the music sound current. Yeah, it sounds great. I would love to let you hear some of it. Uh, Yeah.
0: If you hold me, it's too late to pay. He got the money, I gunned him down anyway. It's real boy, my team. Real war, hit a strap, babe. Don't stay.
2: Right on the PK for taking time to speak with me. And thank you to the Jacket and other artists who take Bay Area culture beyond our boundaries. And here's to the Right now team. That's producer Ashley Ann Krigbaum, editor Jessica Plachik, and the higher-ups. That's Julie Kane, David Marcus, and Holly Kernan. And thank you to all the listeners out there. If you have time, please tell a friend and rate the podcast. Keep this good thing going. Thank you. I'm your host, Pandarvis Harshaw. Peace.